it's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, January 31st. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka's temperatures soared to record-breaking highs this week and will likely stay above average through mid-February. Sunday's peak temperature of 54 degrees broke the previous record of 49 degrees set in 2003. And Monday's temperature matched the current record. National Weather Service meteorologist Andrew Park says temperatures usually hover in the mid-30s this time of year. So, you know, plus or minus 10 to 15 degrees Fahrenheit above normal. Park says the combination of warm air and strong winds can contribute to severe weather events, like the storm that downed trees and caused electrical outages Monday in Sitka. Those are the ingredients you need. You need warm air aloft, strong winds. Um, That's how you do it. Park says Sitka has also experienced more rainfall than usual this month, and that pattern is likely to continue for the first half of February. Through the next 8 to 14 days, we look to sit above normal temperatures, and then precipitation-wise, we look to be also above normal. In the second half of February, rainfall is expected to dip, and temperatures are expected to remain above historical averages. How's the city doing? Municipal Administrator John Leach addressed the Sitka Chamber of Commerce last week with his answers in his annual State of the City presentation. Typically in city government, as you saw in a very long assembly meeting last night, we we get up there and we hear about problems and what we're going to do to address those problems. But this is an opportunity where we get to say, these are the great things we've done over the last year uh, for the community. Leach shared a long list of goals the city staff met in 2023, from the grants they applied for and won to the new programs they've expanded, like Parks and Rec. Leach also shared some figures for the audience to mull over, like $18 million in sales tax the city collected in 2023. Leach said the city brought in over $5 million more than the city remitted in 2019, the last pre-pandemic cruise season. It's clear that our community is becoming a more sought-after destination travelers, and with this popularity comes the ability to better fund and maintain our critical infrastructure. Leach shared another figure that illustrated one example of the increased demand tourism growth has placed on the city's infrastructure and staff. Of the calls police and fire received during the summer tour season, a sizable chunk came from tourists. Notably, during the tourist season, 38% of those calls were from non-residents, <clears throat> placing a significant additional burden on our services. Leach also noted that there's a saturation point for those benefits. If Sitka is so crowded that visitors are waiting in long lines to eat a meal or buy an item, the sales tax benefits for the city start to level out. However, Leach said because of the steady increase in sales taxes over the last several years, they've been able to put over $12 million in the public infrastructure sinking fund and chip away at some long-standing capital projects. As far as the future of the fund and what we're going to do this year, it's too early to tell what um, what the balance is going to look like. Um, I can say, though, that the visitor industry, love it or hate it, um, it's, it's creating a, a lot of revenue uh, for us to tackle some of, these, uh, some of these capital needs. You can find a link to Leach's full report and slides on our website at kcaw.org. Petersburg hasn't had a fatal landslide like Wrangell, Sitka, and Haines, but there have been some close calls. The steep slopes and heavy rain of southeast Alaska make it prone to landslides. Sitka is the only community in the area with a landslide warning system. Developers of that system visited Petersburg last week. They led a community work session to explore the possibility of creating a warning system specific to Petersburg. KFSK's Hannah Floor has the story. 
A couple dozen people fill a conference room at Petersburg's public library. They're discussing ways to get more detailed information about rainfall. One weather station identified. I know there's other nerds in this community that have weather stations. The work session is led by developers of a landslide warning system in Sitka. After a slide killed three people in 2015, many groups came together to develop a warning system for the town. Jackie Foss is a U.S. Forest Service program manager and was involved in Sitka's landslide response. She says that because Petersburg hasn't had a fatal landslide, residents are in a different position than some other communities. They have the opportunity to figure out what they want before they've experienced tragedy. And so that's a very different place, and it's it's pretty remarkable place to start from. But a lack of fatal landslides isn't the same as a lack of risk. Ed Wood lives about six miles out Petersburg's Mitkoff Highway in an area prone to slides. He says by his count, there have been 11 landslides along the highway in the last four decades. Some night it's going to let loose up there and somebody along that stretch of road is going to wake up dead. Wood says he hopes the work session will result in a warning system that increases people's understanding of landslide risk and helps them have enough information to make their own decisions. You can listen to the weather forecast, you can look out the window, but it still doesn't, doesn't tell you exactly what's going on. Giving people the information to make their own decisions is central to Sitka's landslide response. The town's warning system is designed to be user-driven. An app reports risk levels, and community members decide what they're comfortable with. Lisa Bush is director of the Sitka Sound Science Center, the lead organization in the development of the warning system. She says each warning system needs to be place-specific. you got to involve the community in developing these kind of warning systems. And, um, I mean, it's got it's to reflect community values and community members' sense of risk. That's because each place has different logistical capabilities. Strong institutions in one place might create opportunities that aren't available somewhere else. And the culture of each community will affect what people want to prioritize. Bush says community conversations are key to developing a place-specific warning system. She says the first step is to consider whether there is community will. She says that was apparent in Petersburg. I was really heartened by all of the people in Petersburg that are interested in the topic and all the different angles that they come from. The second is to look at the data that's already available. It turns out there is a lot of information that's useful to Petersburg. The U.S. Forest Service has an inventory of past landslides. That information can be combined with historical rainfall data to build a model that shows how much rain results in landslides in each specific area. The state mapped landslide risk areas on Mitkoff Island about 15 years ago. That map shows high-risk areas between about 3 mile and 7 mile on Mitkoff Highway. The Forest Service has data of Mitkoff Island and the surrounding area from a remote sensing method called LIDAR. That data creates a detailed model of the surface of the land, which can be used to predict landslides as well. More detailed data, like rainfall measurements from rain gauges placed around the island, could increase the prediction accuracy. Sunny Rice is with the Petersburg Marine Mammal Center and helped put together the landslide work session. Rice says next steps include gathering all the current data and outreach to potential partner organizations like the National Weather Service, Department of Transportation, and the U.S. Forest Service. She says it's also important to make sure that people who live along Mitkoff Highway understand their vulnerability. 
And she says while a lot can be learned from Sitka's warning system... I don't think we want to think about just doing exactly what they did because we're a different place. Figuring out what's right for Petersburg will take time and lots of community conversations. But Rice says that with the strong showing of people at the event and all the data already available, she's feeling optimistic. I think we can do it. Um, I think it's going to take some time. I think we heard that for sure. And um, I think we're going to need a lot of people coming together to help make it happen. But um, I think it will. The Sitka Sound Science Center is currently working with six tribal villages in southeast Alaska to develop landslide warning systems for each of those communities. And Wrangell has started looking at ways to create some sort of landslide warning platform following its fatal landslide in November. In Petersburg, I'm Hannah Floor. Taking a look at the community calendar. Sign up is open for Sitka ceramic artists without their own studios to make bowls for Braveheart Bowls fundraiser from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thursday, February 1st at the University of Alaska. To sign up, email board at braveheartvolunteers.org. The deadline to register for Braveheart Volunteers' free grief retreat is Wednesday, February 14th. The event is held 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, February 17th. Soup, coffee, tea, and materials are all provided. Register by emailing Catherine at braveheartvolunteers.org or by calling 907-747-4600. Sign-ups and practice for Sitka Sportsman's Winter Pistol Leagues are at 6 p.m. Wednesday, January 31st. Rimfire League is 7 p.m. Tuesdays starting February 6th, and Centerfire League is 7 p.m. Thursdays starting February 1st. Both leagues run for 10 weeks. Contact Daryl at 907-738-4539 with questions. City Grounds maintenance crews perform storm damage maintenance on the Seawalk from Pacific High School to Metlakatla Street. The section of the path will be coned off and closed to the public access for periods of time. Those with questions can call 907-747-4039. And friends of the Sitka Public Library are looking for spellers for the 2024 Adult Spelling Bee on February 15th. Spellers can compete in solo or in teams of two, and prizes will be awarded to the top teams. For more information, call Jeff at 907-747-4821 or email jbudd3500 at gmail.com. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. <coughs> 